Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, oh, oh. help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. Welcome to the Urban Homestead Radio. We are your hosts, Annie, Dustin, Jordan. Special thanks to our sponsor, Layman's, in Kidron, Ohio. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools and appliances and home goods. Our family has been a huge fan of theirs since the 1990s and have purchased many quality products for our own homestead. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. So check out their website and online catalog at layman's.com, and that's L-E-H-M-A-N-S.com. We appreciate the support of this podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow, singing. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help, help the garden grow. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow, singing. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow. folks, thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to talk about the challenges of edible landscaping. Um, did you know that the biggest crop in the United States is lawns? 40 million acres um, to 60 million acres of farmland. So, of course, there's something wrong with this picture. So we're going to discuss uh, our journey of edible landscaping and farming, especially in our front yard. So, um, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> I don't know when to history, start. This yeah. is uh, a whole lifetime, at least for me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> start from in the beginning? In no. the beginning, that is it. So basically, food in the front yard start. We, we always had a garden. Um, we moved here in 84. Um, yeah, we moved to California 84, but into this house in 85. And one of the first things we did was plant a garden in the backyard, of course. That's where all gardens are. But in the started dad started going toward the front yard in about late in late 80s, 80s like 89 yeah. i believe i remember we when the hot summer days we'd play in the front yard and we'd have the hose that was like one a couple of times the, gra- the grass was already dead by then but he let us play in the front yard in the hose and there was remnants of grass it was dead yeah so and uh the drought hit in uh 90 yeah I mean, California always goes to drought, but this was a, it's another severe drought, mm-hmm. and they were going to raise the water rates, Pasadena water rates, and Dad was like, you know, I'm not going to spend money on keeping my grass green, and uh, smothered it with mulch. Yeah, we started, we started by the back gate, and every Sunday we did like, we put down the Sunday paper, and then... Newspaper. Put, mm-hmm. Newspaper, and then put down some malt, six inches of malt, and then next week we did three more feet or six more yeah, feet or whatever right. malt. It was over time. It wasn't like we got a load. We load up the van with some Every malt. Every Sunday we would shovel mulch into buckets and, and haul what we could in a yeah, white van. And then put it out every three to six feet, depending on how much malt mm-hmm. we had. And then... Scooped out little circles. That was the first crop was zucchini. Well, zucchini. first we, we the thing was we let it 
win- winter over a season of rain. The the newspaper mulch, well, basically, right? I don't yeah. know if it was raining, but well, at that time, it, well, yeah. it was a drought. But it took over time. It wasn't yeah. like overnight. I don't yeah. know the exact time period, frame. the right. time frame, but it was over several months that it was done. And, and we put zucchini because nobody was going to steal zucchini out of the front yard. <laughs> yes. I remember that was. So there was horse manure and holes in the front yard, and then plant zucchini. So nobody would steal it, and it was easy to grow. Nothing bothered it. So that was our first crop yeah. in the front yard was zucchini. So it was kind of like towards the close to the house and there's still a little bit of like strip of grass in the front and I think you know dad knew he was going to cause a little like uh, a store with the neighbors because yeah. um, there were some neighbors that still try to you know they want everything to be the way they want it to be and uh, so he just like I probably alchemated them to it by just you know, taking it a little bit at a time and just getting them used to the fact that the grass was disappearing but we did have one neighbor that kind of watched over yeah. and wanted to know what we were doing with our yard and then about the same time we did the 10 by 10 or 12 by 12 area for the herb garden but that one we did different i think we scooped we scraped out the yeah, grass yeah we did scrape out the grass i made a keyhole mm-hmm. key keyhole so garden a small area. it was a 10 by 10 and that's where dad put the stick in the middle um but the other side the uh, stage right mm-hmm. stage left mm-hmm. facing the street yeah. facing the street where that's what we st- the first vegetable garden mm-hmm. in the front yard was over there. So um, it's evolved. And it was edible flowers, no, wildflowers. Yeah, we also spread wildflowers on top of the mulch. Because of basically, because over the winter season, the newspaper and the mulch broke down into layers of a layer of new soil. Yeah, and and then, then we got hit with El Nino, and then mm-hmm. everything just bloomed in the front yard. Yeah. Then was it the, the time the oak tree fell, or what? Somewhere Couple between years. that, right? I think oh, about five years later. Was five years later? Because mm-hmm. yeah. like we, we 90, struggled with Because I think it was still 90, it might have been 95, I think. Because we about 89, 90 was the front yard. Then about, I would say, in, within five in years to 96 was when we started doing the tomatoes and the edible land. The, no, that was, sorry, we sell mm-hmm. it. Not edible mm-hmm. landscaping, but the, um, the edible flowers. And those, those goals, um, the school Yeah, about. we had, then we also had... And our first trees in the front was the almond tree. We had two almond trees. Mm-hmm. Put almond trees out mm-hmm. front, but we never got a crop because of the squirrels. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty. Mm-hmm. It was pretty. It bloomed. It was beautiful. And then we had three fruit trees from the nursery that were that not went out sold business. out. Yeah. So we had, uh, I forget the name of that plum tree. Oh. Santa, Santa Rosa? Santa Rosa plum? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And then a couple free ornamental peaches that we put in the corners by the house. It was like beautiful. No, one beautiful. was pink. Yeah. One was like white. Magenta pink. And then we transferred from fruit to fruit trees. I mean, from veggies to fruit trees. Fruit. Sorry. Start over. Veggies to flowers to fruit trees. Mm-hmm. And then. And then a mix. And then a mix. A combination. Herbs. Lots of herbs edible flowers now like i said what the challenge is like i said it's definitely a challenge because um dad often commented that because of all the work and nothing was against he wasn't against the work but it was managing the the landscape part and the edible because some we had the we had perennials annuals fruit trees all the mix so it wasn't an easy like well that's what made it that's what made it beautiful Mm -hmm. because if you did, where some people, 
there's nothing wrong with it but some people put a raised bed in the front yard and tomatoes will eventually look bad peppers will eventually look bad um, and most people don't like to see that no leggy. some people actually follow the front yard which i mean if, if it wants to it's fine but yeah, you we know. saw pictures of somebody putting rows of corn in the front yard mm-hmm. hey if it works it's fine but that thing was primarily beautiful it had to look good so people that they're like wow what a beautiful landscaped yard didn't know anything about landscaping would compliment the landscape landscape the rock work, the hardscape, pathways, the DG, um, the bottles, the wine so bottles. Explain what DG is for people that live in close granite. So it's, it's a pathway material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we used to have uh, native grasses, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it was then the shade and the drought, and then we did DG, and then we put DG in slate to keep it from getting muddy. Mm-hmm. Muddy. So, and then just this past week, we put after all those layers of moss started getting higher and higher and higher we have to raise the curb in the front of the house so that all the stuff doesn't fall off into the the sidewalk so even though it's not as high as the backyard it's gotten progressively higher where you can't put any more mulch or things without putting some borders yeah around the pathways in the front yard and the the curbside the soil is spilling over yeah so so every couple years we'd have to go lift up the rocks the Mm -hmm. river rock pathways lift up the edging couldn't lift up the curb, so we're just going to put some. <laughs> Somebody donated, uh, called us up and said, hey, like um, some of those, what are they, what are they called? Retaining, like, retaining block. Retaining block. We have, so. we have a couple hundred, I mean, about a hundred or so. so we're we're going to put sure. those on yeah. the curb to raise up our level four to six inches so that, that we can put. that soil in. We like free, too. Yeah, so, so that was free. good. And so this is the time of year where we're re-landscaping the edible landscaping again. <laughs> How many times do you think from let's say let's say from ninety nineteen nineties to now? If you look at the photos online, yeah, it's always different. Every time yeah. I look at old photographs, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's changed. It's uh-huh. just you're always adapting. You're adapting with the the trees that grow. You're adapting with the weather. Well, the drought. Mm-hmm. We did one. We did one year. Not one year. One. Let's say, let's say a year of exotic. Yeah, fruit. really exotic. Oh, yeah, exotic fruit. We had mulberries, yeah. we had Chilean guavas, we had habanabas, pepinos, pepino dulces, which uh-huh. are melon fruits. Melon fruits and the they're pepper. actually good. They just get mildew. And spider mites. And then we had yeah, yeah, the Chilean guavas. We couldn't get to Chilean guavas. Nothing. Nothing bothered them. And they the mildew. Like I mean, great. the mulberries are just too big for the. The mulberry, the root system, it was dwarf. They were dwarf. Mm, too big. <laughs> they were dwarf, but the root system got a little bit carried away. But what? Got to do with some of it was put them in pots. The mulberries were never planted because it was sort of a mm-hmm. uh, thing. Then we went with the Chilean guavas, and then went to the pineapple guavas, and then strawberry guavas, and stuff like that. So uh, some things worked, and then some things didn't work. Chilean guavas never quite. I don't know if we ever got. They, maybe they got a hand. Pretty, but they beautiful. Never, they never beautiful. fruited. But they maybe gave us one fruit in ten years. So we eventually move them out and then Habitacaba finally last two or three years so after years. 10 years yeah. um, and finally been... fruited mm-hmm. and those are popular nothing bothers it and everybody loves them that tries them mm-hmm. and then we also had a jelly palm that we just took out mm-hmm. the fruit past. was delicious but it just it was a messy tree it just it was one of those things we got excited and wanted to try exotic fruit and it 
It needs a, maybe it needs every a, it other needs year. Space. Maybe every other year mm -hmm. fruited. Mm -hmm. But, but it needs we a made big jelly space, yeah. jelly palm jam, wine, uh, wine, mm -hmm. and drinks or something. Yeah, yeah. it just needs but it needs a big space. It just was high maintenance and just a tad too close to certain guava or something. So we dug that up. I dug that up this past spring. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's so re landscaping again. Re landscaping so again. We, so we did it on the one thing people don't realize is how much we did it on the cheap with what we scraped together. Because I remember my Sundays growing up was shoveling mulch into buckets that City Pasadena would they would chip dump these trees the and they would dump it in the local parks, like on a, like near the parking lot. So Dad would show up. But we had a white Ford van at the time. We'd had all the seats removed in the back and buckets. And so we would shovel. Launch into the buckets and haul those home, and then we would also find rocks that are on the, you know, passing the roadsides, um, the empty lot that was near our property. The nursery that sold mm -hmm. out. The nursery that sold out was an empty lot, and I just remember haul scouring and just hauling rocks and broken concrete over. So a lot of and bottles <laughs> and and just like wine bottles from the restaurants we were delivering to. We'd we'd scrape yeah, the collecting. yeah we'd scrape the labels off and use them as edging, and people. Why else is it beautiful hedging? It's like, yeah, wine bottles, but don't worry, we don't drink them. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we didn't drink all that. We didn't drink all that. They work as long as you don't. As long as you don't hit them with a shovel. Yeah, a couple of them broke. So but not bad, considering how many, yeah. how many years is the one by the room? Well, the one that broke recently was because of the uh, umbrella. Somebody put the heavy base No, but the, the ones on that are along the, along the fence line. Oh, yeah, they've been Those have been there for, I don't know. I mean, I even forget they're even there. Well, then forget the blueberry phase. Mm-hmm. But they were. They did really well. Maybe except for two sad. dozen. Mm -hmm. Two dozen blueberry plants. The drought took them out. And then the drought took them out. And then there was a time where we had tomatoes and peppers and eggplant. And that's in the front probably yard. shown. That's that's probably the clips that's the that were in shown in Homegrown Revolution. Yeah, yeah. two thousand seven. Yeah, that's the, the trees were the trees young. were young. Mm -hmm. the place wasn't filled out. Mm -hmm. um, so this past year the. Even though I trimmed the guavas. <laughs> you did a hard Ouch. prune. You did a hard prune. They sort of kind of exploded. So. <laughs> they love to be hacked on. Justin sort of kind of exploded means they're loaded. They're, <laughs> they're just huge. So there's not much sunlight under uh, there. Even though I did, I thought yeah. it cut them back pretty far. But I guess because of the rain. So, uh, um, there's loaded with fruit. Indian pink. Pineapple guava, awesome. not so much. So the fig was loaded. The Indian pink is guava was loaded. We sold them. We had the apples. We had the apples. apples. I like Great. to bring an apple. Back. We got to bring the apples back. Yeah, there was a uh, during that drought. It wasn't getting cold enough. Yeah. So they need certain chill hours. So we had a low chill apple. I love apples. them. I love and them. apples. And the years would be so weird We'd that they would never lose their leaves and start blooming yeah. again. That's how weird this is. But it I also never remember got, some years we actually had to stake the branches up. They yeah, were so low. but it. That was at the start, mm -hmm. but toward the end, it was like they never lost their leaves, mm -hmm. and they started flowering again. And you're like, okay, this is not, this is not right. Something's wrong. And then, then eventually got rust and all that. Did we have not, a banana in the corner of the house for all time? Special thanks to our sponsor, Food Alchemy, whose Papua coffee is the only coffee we drink here on the Urban Homestead. We also offer their coffee to our Farm Box customers. The essential oils unique to Papua coffee promotes pH balance and detoxification. Organically grown in a pristine tropical rainforest, Food Alchemy's Papua coffee is Rainforest Alliance certified. 
Order your next cup at livingbeyondorganic.com. I'm not sure if we ever had the fire. Oh, no, I know. Oh, well, I know. So we tried tam- tamarinds. Tamarillos. Tamarillos. No, those are on the tripod. Oh, tamarillos. Okay, oh, those are cool. Yeah, yeah we had. Freeze that, was a, that was the yeah, that was the, the unusual planting I year. I got some more this year. Oh, right Yay! Oh, okay. Four right there. Okay. We, have, we had star fruit, which only produced like one. Oh, then we had uh, a- apple, crab, no, rose, rose apple, rose apple. Mm-hmm. We had ice cream bean. Uh huh. We had we went a little fruit. crazy. Miracle fruit, mm. miracle fruit, buffets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no, we had a coffee. Oh, the coffee we, and tea bush. Oh yeah. The coffee and tea. Yeah. Coffee and tea. We did the coffee bush. I remember that was coffee a cool plant. Yeah. yeah. Bush, I gotta do that again. Speaking of coffee, got our first sponsor, coffee right? Um, it was. It was a beautiful plant. Yeah, I love that like, plant. Wow. It was one of those things where you just wanted to try it, see if you can grow. But it was pretty, and oh, we grew wheat in the front yard. I remember. Pacific oh, blue stem and wheat. we did purple millet. Um, uh, millet. I want that back. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily edible, but we juiced for a flower. Right and there. I think we fed it to the uh, chickens. our chickens. That was some purple. That was a purple ornamental corn. No, it's a stripe. J a p o n i c a. Oh, oh right. Yeah, we had little, it was like little baby corn. Yeah. yeah. Exotic leaves. Mm-hmm. Those were pretty. So, as you can see, it's gone through a lot of changes. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all, they're all beautiful with all things, but something didn't work, some things worked, and then we had to, we went to the edible flower phase, mm-hmm. and then we couldn't sell edible flowers, and then we went to the exotic fruit, and then we, we had all had those Martha Washington geraniums. Oh, then Martha Washington phase, and then the chrysanthemum phase, mm-hmm. and then the lavender phase. We had all these Goodwin Creeks. Speaking of lavender, there's, yeah, we have some issues. No, but <laughs> what's going on? No, that's, compared, we had Goodman Creeks yeah. all over the place. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty mild. Yeah. I mean, they're they're big, but mm-hmm. not as many plants. No, I'm talking about the There's summer, you get that one, and then boom. Especially yeah. the English ones, they just go. Yeah, you can get a better. Yeah. So, uh, basically, what we're saying is, it's a constant changing. And a challenge adapting. to have edible landscaping. So, even though the city of Pasadena... I'm not sure if they still do that program now, but they paid um, up to two dollars a square uh, square foot to remove we didn't your grass. Well, we, we, we didn't get it. This we is we were pre-rebate. We did it in gorilla style. When we did the neighbor's yard. We got a dollar square foot. Yeah, yeah, no. When uh, by the Somebody time the neighbors yeah. were done, the neighbor neighbors neighbors got two dollars square foot. Yeah, so it there were more incentive, and they have limits on gravel, DG, and any hardscape you can put in there because they want you know it to be pretty and they do want you to submit a plan that you're actually putting in a garden and and because like i said we do live in the I city think Lee adams talked about that too yeah. she said you're creating heat islands by putting all this gravel mm-hmm. and dry skin. i mean it doesn't take much water which mm-hmm. is not solving the problem so if you looked at before and after oh then we did the perennial sunflowers they did the whole yard of perennial sunflowers um, but some of the stuff was because of it was a business, so if we could sell it, we wouldn't grow it. Other things we took out because they either didn't grow. Mm-hmm. Disease, drought, pests, fighting the bugs, fighting mm-hmm. the birds. The blueberries did work for a while, but with the drought and stuff, it just got a little bit... Uh, they might come back. Things might come back. The, the garden has to change it. Again, like I said, evolving again. It has to change again. again. It, not, not to say it got out of hand, but it's just kind of like... Um, 
yeah, you have to look at it and say, well, that tree is, might be a little too big for this area. The one thing that is amazing out there is that one fig. <laughs> that, that thing, that, that thing has winner. been as worth its weight it's in gold. The Pete Negro was planted, um, I think it was four or five feet tall. It was a little, yeah, it was a little, it was a little tiny. little tiny. Mm -hmm. And it exploded. So, and that? That's the cash crop. That, in the front yard, that besides the herbs. That would be one of We have a loquat there, which... Mm, yeah, loquat, there's not really a demand for loquat. Nothing bothers it, and it doesn't need much water, but... That's on the, that's the, that's on the list to keep or not to keep yeah. this year. So we're it's going on through, the bubble. Yeah, we're going through the through the yard and, and making lists of like, okay, so what's, what, what, do, what do we sell? What can we grow more of? What's growing well that will sell? Well, see, consider, we have a business, so we have, yeah. to, we have yeah. to adjust for it the changes, business. It changes, it changes what, with business. We can grow what mm -hmm. we can eat, what mm -hmm. we can sell. Mm -hmm. Now, if you said, "Well, would you grow that? Would it be that way if you weren't a business?" Probably, Probably not. Yeah, it'd be a little bit more decorative. A little De bit well, more a little bit more exotic, a little more yeah. decorative. Mm -hmm. I think. If you wouldn't need that many herbs. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how much really lavender do you that. need? Or how much basil, blue basil? Well, but you much? tell you tell me that the other cash crop in the front yard that doesn't cost us anything is New Zealand spinach. <laughs> no. The return on investment on that. Yeah. And then the Lamborghini, which is almost the 20 years thing, old. The only thing that hasn't been moved to transplant is It's 20 years old and it's it's paid for itself many times. So it's like one of those things, like Justin said, if you, if you didn't have a business, we wouldn't have that much lavender. Because okay. lavender, a lot of restaurants like to buy but if applied. African blue basil, we sold 15, we talked about it before, 15 boxes of African blue basil in one day so we're going to grow african blue yeah. basil were you as an individual you wouldn't need that much african blue basil <laughs> but the cash crop museum spinach african blue basil the figs mm -hmm. um, the edible flowers that come up the edible nasturtiums that come up that don't need any they care, just come up yeah. any care any water any fertilizer and that pink lava yeah nothing nothing bothers it and those blackberries they get a little big but they are pretty good yeah, blackberries are vicious on the side, but they do get, um, what do you call it, scale, mm -hmm. they do have dieback, mm -hmm. um, and they do have suckers. So the original reason we got rid of it at the first time was to put the fig tree there. The, uh, the neighbors had the, mm -hmm. and the neighbor's place was sold, so the blackberry was hanging over the fence. So we took that out. And it was suckering all over the... Then we did chowdy one time in the front yard. We thought it would be a great idea to put chowdy <laughs> to it, make some privacy. Yes, it gave you privacy and yes, killed and everything. Also, <laughs> it climbed into every tree. We were pulling out the vine. In theory, theoretically, it looked like it would have worked. Didn't, we, didn't the vine start from the front yard and go to the backyard? Yeah, like yeah. 160 yeah, feet. It was just... I don't know if we did... I don't know. We actually sold the... Kill a coyote, right? No, the tips of the chowdy. We did. Oh, that's a, right, we did. We sold the tips. We, we never, never got fruit, but we sold the tips. Not enough fruit for the amount of plants. It was yeah. big plant, not much fruit. But it was trying. To, we were trying to create a privacy fence, and so the idea was chowdy doesn't have anything that bothers it, and grow the chowdy on the fence. And I think we had one, two, maybe three or four plants. And they grew. Or did they grow? They what, grew did you, they, what do you feel about the lily pillies? I like them. I like eating them, but they don't oh, make us money. Yeah, well, they there's a couple. There's the domestic version. There's a wild version. Not domestic. I've not had them. Kind of domestic. 
kind of domestic versus it's the, it's wild. The, it's the Eugenia family, Yeah, Eugenia. Right? So we yeah. have brush cherry Eugenia. We have the regular standard brush cherries. We have uh, lily pillies. We have... Which are good. I like them. I get the name of it, but there are three beautiful bushes that produce very, Surinam? very large. Surinam? Surinam trees? No, those are the ones from the port. Oh. They, those are the ones that nothing bothers them, but they don't fruit every year. Mm -hmm. They have that aftertaste. Taut, yeah. Taut after. If you a, make something with them, it's actually pretty good. But I don't know if you ever made jam, but we made an upside down I made an upside down cake, yeah. Basically, aka tropical cherries. Yeah, it was a tropical cherry, certain mm -hmm. But we're going back to the Eugenia, the brush cherries. We have three, six, nine, twelve, twelve of those things. Half of them, three quarters of them, are along a, a one-foot section of driveway. So it hides the block wall. Softens it. Cinder block wall. It's That's green. No water. Okay, very literal. Any water. It grows like crazy. So you have to cut it back. I think took me a couple months and before it, looks good. it was covering we couldn't get the truck in the driveway that's how big it was the small driveway old house so i had to cut it back nothing bought very little bother it's uh some aphids do some aphids, do like some the, the aphids. And then, but you did make jam just kids and pick them up yeah i mean i just eat them every time i walk by so the domestic version that was out the front they're nice the other dwarf ones that are sort of in the uh, eating section those probably have to be moved. They're, they're dwarf. They don't produce much, but nothing bothers it. So I might move them to the uh, front to make a little bit more of a hedge. Um, the strawberry guavas sort of kind of work, but they're too close to the sidewalk. The yellow tastes better than the red. They're too close to the sidewalk where they, as soon as you anybody walks by and touches the plant, they fall off. They fall off and they stays on the sidewalk. So I'd probably move those back from the sidewalk instead of right on it, maybe three feet back. Uh, we do have a hedge of pineapple guavas. Nothing, absolutely nothing <laughs> bothers pineapple guavas. I mean, absolutely nothing. The problem with pineapple guavas, their root systems are so aggressive you can't grow anything and so dense it. and so things that good luck planting anything, anything within, within their drip line and even beyond that. Yeah, so. so they'll have to go eventually. What we yeah. have six, seven, eight, We're eight. Like so if you move them or move them or into thin them out areas, or yeah. cut them back or think, but they're just in prime, they're in prime location yeah. and that's yeah. the problem. But, but the thing is nothing. Yeah, they're, but they're in prime but location. Here's the thing. <laughs> we were talking about that with somebody the other day. You got, you get books. There's lots of books out there and you get books and uh, how to edible landscape, da, da, and they list all these plants, which is great. Which is but great, they don't actually but tell like you, you like said, the problems. what eventually, like you said, there was one design we saw, or I think it was yeah, one it, on TV. They actually put a front yard it, in the in the no, they put a front yard garden in the front yard with the with a pathway and raised beds, and guess what? They put in the middle I think it was a, a lemon tree. tree. Yeah, a lemon yeah. And you 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 said you're the, not going to be able to in walk ten years. It. You're not going to be able to walk around well, that, that pathway. That whole, we have the issues with the blood oranges in the back. Yeah. We, can't never, walk around we wouldn't put citrus in the front because we know how their root system is aggressive. They don't lose their leaves. No, thick and big. They're thick, dense, and not, you can't grow anything underneath it. I'm talking about nobody says when it looks when you draw. It's a cute little lemon when tree. When you draw, when you first put your edible landscaping in, you bring that change. lemon tree in, which is of maybe your Three size high, tall, and it looks cute. Nobody's gonna. You, are you projecting ten years where it's gonna be twenty oh, like feet? Like I've seen ones with oh, like the, an avocado the, in the corner. It's like that thing's oh, gonna get massive. We did an avocado face. We did avocado in the thing. We had 
to get that other line ahead. And bananas, bananas move. They don't stay with Yeah, so I'm saying with people when they say they got the books and stuff are great, but they're not, they're not, um, just, well. It's just paper. It's yeah. paper knowledge. Well, we had the issue with, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but there was one book I was reading about Xeriscape about 10, 15 years ago. When I had free time and was looking at doing research, <laughs> you read a and book. <laughs> I read a book. <laughs> the last book I ever read no. um, was they said to put. This is talking about just landscaping in general. Skip edible for this time, but to put a crepe myrtle <laughs> next to a pool. Next to a pool, <laughs> because a crepe myrtle doesn't need much water. Roughly. And it's pretty. And it's pretty, and it's, it's like, drought no. tolerant, and all. This all this yada 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 stuff and I just that was the last page of that book I read because because dad and I dad and the Let, kids yeah. did lawn, lawn maintenance, maintenance for people and crepe myrtles are one of the messiest messy, messy, messy. dirtiest they shed leaves flowers and bark leaves flowers bark and then the what was it called not the buds but the oh like the seeds yeah, seed or something seed, seed, seed butt heads whatever like they shed like four different things. Four different things on one plant. We're constantly plant. sweeping underneath them. So, if you put that next to the, the pool, pool you're the pool guy is gonna love you. Yeah, you're keeping the pool guy in business, but please don't do that next to a pool. We had other people put it in a yeah crate motor in like a two foot space, and we're just like looking at that. We're like, yeah, no. So what? Five years later, they but, rip them out. Yeah. They spend a lot of money ripping yeah, out. So like, they yeah, put in new landscaping. They put in all beautiful crate myrtles. They bloom, they look awesome, and then... Five years later, they're paying to get them ripped out. Yeah, they pay somebody to put them in, and then they pay somebody to cut them down. And then we have issues with the other... The school next around. to... They have a carrot wood in a... Tiny uh, little box. Six-foot section. And well, they're just... Basically three feet away from the wall. Yeah, they're just massive. And if you know what a carrot wood is, carrot wood is a massive tree that massive nothing trunk. bothers it's it. It's a very trunk tree. It's a thick trunk Evergreen. Tree. Messy because it has seed. It has seeds. It think, and it grows like crazy. Now, if you put it three feet away from a wall, fence line, and you draw a circle, the drip line, it's not going to work. Well, they did that in downtown city of Pasadena. There's some carrot woods that they recently took out because just next to. This is next to a walkway. So they hire and next to uh, streets that they just don't. Yeah, they have they they have messy trees. They have orange carrot woods. They have orange seeds that drop. That seed if you had ivy somewhere we were working for somebody they had carrot woods and then ivy and then the ivy would hide all the seeds and then they, all and then they would all sprout so it's kind of happening like, next to us so yes. it's like okay, there's ivy underneath some, then, some, yeah. some landscape architect gets paid to put a crepe myrtle next to a pool yeah so then i always was, remember dad when he saw some of these landscaping plans for like some of the developments around so, you know he'd talk to the people and they'd show him the plans he's like what's that there and they're like that's a carrot wood he goes yeah, yeah. Well, no. so the reason the reason <laughs> you talk to the gardener the gardener will know how to landscape yeah. landscape doesn't necessarily landscaper doesn't necessarily know how to maintain it because like you said about the lemon tree it's cute it's small so basically it's, you're saying yeah landscaper is maintenance and what the person remember, who actually cares and cleans yeah. the place. I remember one lady told me she hired one of those, um, you know, front yard farming uh, businesses here startups, in town, yeah. startups, and she, oh, it was like Spent thousands, thousands of, dollars of dollars to have them install their, and her garden, she pointless nothing and, and nothing grew, nothing grew. First of all, they had put bag, bag soil, number well, one, no, and 
and they and the, they didn't get enough didn't get enough sun because they didn't sit around and see they didn't examine her yard. They just said plot of land. Let's put a raised bed. It there was no concept of where the sun came in, mm-hmm. the different amount of light, and the we're, different. We're in the change of seasons. Uh-huh. We're changing seasons here. We, the sun's we, lower. You can see the sun angles lower. So the driveway with the peppers and the pots here on the driveway, no longer getting much mm-hmm. sun. Okay, the sh- the house casts the it shadow. It goes down. The house casts the shadow versus summer versus uh, winter. So the north side of the house gets really cold. It's cold, damp, and so you can't really grow stuff on that side. And that only takes time. That takes you, to know that to know the, the position of the sun in the winter is different. Right there. Yeah. So we have issues with the shade trees. We had issues with fruit trees. Um, some things worked, some things didn't. The dwarf fig tree, the petite negra. It's uh, also a, what saved that tree was, it's like a clump of five little stems instead of one, one huge, trunk, one yeah. huge trunk that can get two So it thick. looks it dwar- No, not, but it yeah. dwarf, they bonsai. They each other they, in check. They dwarf each other. If you put a bunch of clump of trees, they keep them smaller. Even though it is a dwarf tree. Yeah, it's so kind of big still. It is kind of big. And for our listeners who have never heard that sound before, those are our wild parrots of Pasadena going home. Uh, they, they, they fly over. Up the yeah, they fly over every evening. So, so But yeah, so basically, edible landscaping... Is a pain. <laughs> it's a constant, it's a constant battle. It's changing, it's... It's 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 beautiful. Yeah, it's, it'll give you food, but it's a pain. sometimes you're like, wow, this is beautiful. It's perfect. Then two years later, like, like yeah, oh, that yeah, works. Well, how about two weeks later? <laughs> <laughs> but we then we went to well, the we're, we're this, red, okay, you have to admit, roses. this is the season. This is this is when what, we worry about. Uh, I would say September and October. The uh, rag, what we call yeah. rag, we raggedy, 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 raggedy. Yeah, we raggedy, raggedy. Well, the heat last couple weeks ago, we talked about the spider mites came in to destroy the tomatoes. Fortunately, we don't have any tomatoes in the front yard because they look ugly. We don't have any peppers in the front yard because they look ugly because they get the heat, they get the mildew, they get the spider mites. So, and other things like Jerusalem artichokes and stuff, stuff that doesn't look good, like in yeah, like the squash. The squash, yeah, the squash gets mildew. Mm-hmm. It's fine, but I wouldn't put it in the front yard. Mm-hmm. The yard, I'd say maybe it's uh, 75. At one point, maybe it's 50-50, but it's probably now 75 percent perennials. 25% annuals where we put in the herbs and the mm-hmm. stuff. Now we're doing the miniature roses back. We're doing the Again, red roses back. Again, because of business, we put stuff that is different. Yeah. So and then all people are sometimes, here's one thing, because we have people visit the house, you know, famous, whatever people come and show up. And I people often say, they'll point out the plant that's on the porch. Or, like, that's not edible. I'm like, yeah, I know. It doesn't mean that you can't have things that you enjoy. What's so we one have... plant in the front yard that's fine? <laughs> No, we have, we do have pretty things. We have succulents. We have, we enjoy. Well, you, what's, you, the, you, what's the one thing that they pointed out that's not ever? That's that variegated thing? A there? while back, remember? Oh. We oh, used yeah, to have yeah. people come up and they would say, like, that's, that's not edible. Turns, it's like, yeah. well, you we rescued it or whatever. No, but it doesn't matter. So we, we tout edible landscaping, but we also just really enjoy plants. <laughs> so there will be plants <laughs> in the yard that's like, this is pretty, I like it. You know, so it's all about enjoying things and not the, being strict the to the one. Soul. The one thing that sort of threw off the front yard this year, after I dug out the jelly palm, was the titonia. The titonia? That was a volunteer. That was huge. The volunteer that got pictures on Instagram, pictures on Facebook, (laughs) hummingbirds, monarchs, swallowtails. 
butterfly mantis, whatever. Those were totally volunteers. Now, I had designed a beautiful <laughs> fennel, <All> sage, <laughs> bronze fennel, green fennel, blue basil, oh, miniature God. roses, thyme, ding, and titania and New Zealand spinach just sort of blew that thing we'll up. See the so, thing is, but, but because and I don't think, no, unfortunately, so the time didn't survive, right? Yeah, because it was so big, and the the constant butterflies, yeah. constant hummingbirds. We couldn't bear to take. It you out, don't so. take it out. You just you just let it go because yeah. it's going to die eventually. It's yeah. annual, so you look at it and just like yeah. all the butterflies the, coming. So just like all the beautiful with silver time, uh, green time, very good time, lemon time, lemon time. Yeah, they didn't. So we're having a moment of silence yeah. now for the time <laughs> that died. <laughs> Passing time. But hey, we the beautiful, time. we had monarchs, we had tiger swallowtails. I mean, it was just like you'd sit there because you could see it outside the front door and it was constant action. Yeah, but you also said New Zealand spinach. I was going to put the chickens in the dust. New Zealand spinach is one of the easiest things to grow that doesn't need any maintenance. That all went to the farm box. Mm-hmm. Like half the year, we can grow all the New Zealand spinach we sell for the farm box. We have um, and it grows like in waste places. So we're having issues with shade. New Zealand spinach can grow in a little bit of dappled mm-hmm. shade. We're having issues with the root system of the pineapple guavas. And the New Zealand spinach can crawl right over it. So it's not ideal, but in terms of waste places, the New Zealand spinach can make that profitable. Now, then they start, right now they're scraggly and they're leggy and back. things, so we pull them out. And you water it, and they come right back again. There's explosion of new ones. So. I think the joke is, is the, is the I think there's a joke that would say that he never bought New Zealand spinach. I think he bought it once. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think we true. bought New Zealand spinach once, like over 20 years ago. I think that one pack was probably like 99 cents. <laughs> we bought New Zealand spinach once over 20 years ago, and haven't got rid of it. It's just, yeah, it's there. It's it, like we don't it, buy New Zealand spinach. It's, it's useful. It's beautiful. Nothing bothers it. You can feed the chickens. The like chickens crazy. love it. And it grows, and it loves heat in the summer. It's got a lot of iron in it. I made, uh, like, spinach linguine. Well, because, see, spinach, spinach, when you heat it up, it goes down to nothing. Yeah. So when you added the New Zealand spinach, which is a little bit more tougher, and it's harder to eat raw, but by adding it into linguine, it actually retained the spinach taste You could tell texture. the difference between spinach and New Zealand spinach raw. But when it's cooked, cooked, you really can't tell. But it also retains the taste and texture, whereas New Zealand spinach turns to nothing. It turns to mush. Regular spinach. Yeah, sorry. Regular spinach turns to mush. But, so, some things, I think the New Zealand spinach is driving Dad crazy, driving us crazy. (laughs) However, it grew like crazy, and we could sell it. So, I I would leave it. Unfortunately, the Titonia is a New Zealand spinach sort of blew up my design. But the roses are coming back nicely. Uh, hopefully it's warm enough for the blue basil to come back. And the fennel I cut back, so it's coming it back. Come but um, we're re-landscaping the re-landscaping. So, but that's what we do. That's what we've done yeah, all my you life. Enjoy it, and it's always, always learning something. But the biggest issue we have now is shade. One might shade and. And some of the stuff that's growing too well, like the pineapple gloves. So, so what would be your advice to people who started out well to let it grow food in their front study, yard? Study, study the yard. Well, if you saw the pictures before and after, you won't recognize the place. Mm-hmm. The pictures about the, you know, like the lemon tree in the front yard. Mm-hmm. Figure your yard is going to change in five to ten years. It's going to get bigger. 
It gets huge. There's nothing you can grow under it, basically. It's going to be too shady. So if, you, if you're flexible and can work with it, if you want to, one year we, I think for one, we had a film crew there and we had tomatoes in the front yard. And we're picking tomatoes in between the pineapple guava, between the um, cava, and there was another the thing that bloomed with flowers. So like goldenrod? No, it was in the corner there by the sapote. It was sapote used to be. Oh, that tall, oh, um, Bumeshu? No, I forget what the name of it. It produced little blackberries. And it had suckers all over the place. Did I took it out? Okay. I get the name of it. Oh, so wow. We'll have to that look it up next time. Yeah. <laughs> but it grew so well, and it had loaded with flowers. Mm -hmm. The bees loved it, all the things. But it had suckers and started taking over the yard. So what we took that out. I forget the name of it. I'll have to look it up. And what time we had, like, a, was there a um, Argentinian sunflower? Who's that? What? An Argentinian sunflower? Something, something really big and huge that had yellow, oh, tall oh, yellow oh, flowers. Oh, 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 oh. What was that? Some sort of Yeah, African one of those are African sunflowers. Or African sunflower. It was massive. It was not <laughs> it was a tree. propagated by seed. It was a cutting from an exotic nursery down in San Diego, and we stuck it in the corner. It was a tree. Oh, it's got to be 20 feet. Yeah, it was a tree. It was a sunflower tree. Yeah, remember lumber. that? I remember that one. That was huge. You walk up like, yeah, it was lumber. It was a sunflower. Was Argentinian or African? I can't remember. But how about that thing? I think it was African sunflower. Uh, probably the the deep freeze of 2007. Yeah, but that thing was huge. It was a tree. It was like a, a sunflower that was like. But the, but we were smart enough to put it on the north side mm -hmm. of the yard. And we tried to stunt it. It still didn't stunt it. <laughs> And, but the problem is then when it got so big mm -hmm. and then the weather changed, it got windy, rainy. Oh, yeah. It fell. The, the, it cracked? The branches broke. Yeah. So then we tried wrapping it up and then it would, it would get the leaf burn and stuff. But that was a, that was a I traffic stopper. I remember that one. Yeah, people would traffic stop on stopper, that. Yeah. We should try it again. <laughs> it's just have fun. No, it's funny to go bring through back like, some the greatest bring hits. Back, like, yeah, some bring of the back greatest hits. hits. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is that thing we grow? Yeah, like, I was sitting there saying, I remember this really tall orange I, thing. I like to get back to sweet woodruff. Yeah. I don't know if it's too dry here, but that would be nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would like to get back to blueberries. Yeah. Sweet woodruff, some of the things. So we're putting together a list of an apple. Like every year, we always have this. Well, we, we, always, we always have lists. We're always constantly listing things, but... So we'll go through, especially in the fall season, we'll take stock of the yard and say, okay, what, you know, what can we do, you know, this year over the winter and, and so to get ready for spring. So we're jotting down things, going over, walking the yard, saying, oh, maybe we should do this with this and do that with that. So I think the point of this, the point of this edible landscaping <laughs> podcast is to tell you, you're never going to know it all. It's constant change. It's a constant, I guess that's the Learning point, right? I mean, you good. know, what it's, knowledge we'll part yeah, It's edible you know. landscaping. And it's going it doesn't to be, end. It doesn't end. It's going to be growing and evolving and growing well, and evolving. The reason you, and you and if you had to hire somebody to do oh, it, Moblo and Go, they're not <laughs> familiar with it. it. There's landscaping around where they would hedge trims with electric hedge trimmers. They would yeah. hedge trim lavender uh -huh. and turn it's it horrible. into a nice little box, a cube lovely. like a boxwood. Mm -hmm. And you don't know how to handle lavender. Lavender is a pain. Mm -hmm. If you don't prune it right. It, if it's you prune nasty. it too much, Woody. it dies. Yeah. If you don't prune it enough, it dies. It's, yeah. <laughs> so it's a very... It, it's a dad, dad had a, a Dad had a love-hate relationship with that. Very profitable grow. Nothing bothers it except all of a sudden some things would die. So we had that. We did that. Then we did the chrysanthemum phase. We had another phase. Oh, elderberry phase. We mm -hmm. did our elderberries. Those are good. Elderberries grow. 
We used to have five different varieties. We still have a variegated fig. Yeah, yeah, we have the turkey. We have the better. Um, right. Constant, so, I mean, other change. people, they pay a landscaper to come in. Landscape probably stays the same for like 15 years with somebody coming in. Well, here's the thing. You have grass, a couple of azaleas, and you're Yeah, some foundation it. plantings. And, and it's like, and it's it like looks good year-round. It looks good year-round. Year yeah. You get about 10 years before things get a little bit. Yeah, here it's but. like... Always, always changing, always growing. And I'm always yeah. like, yeah, I know, I know. Like, well, well the surname cherries you brought up before, uh-huh. exotic fruit, bitter kind of yeah. tangy, astringent yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. They grow like crazy, and then the fruit drops, and then they start walking down the. <laughs> they start they the seeds grow, yeah. start walking down the yard. Yeah. So we'd have Eugenia, mm-hmm. and then we have surname cherry popping up. popping up all over the yard, and then in the winter. Or when it's wet and rainy, we would dig it up and pot it up and move it around. So you can actually, if you wanted to, propagate it and turn it into a nursery just strictly mm-hmm. by the amount of yeah, seedlings that drop. Well, and, and, and so honestly, just I'm pulling figs out of pots. Yeah, there's figs everywhere. You know, but sometimes they don't mm-hmm. quite come true. To yeah, them. yeah, we don't. And yeah, but I mean, I guess what. Um, so how would you like educate people what to do? I think it's just about because people say, "Oh, well, we did we have the, if the less when we, we did the neighbor's place, mm-hmm. we avoided fruit trees. Yeah, that was one we thing. did strictly herbs. we strictly did herbs. Mm-hmm. So you don't have annuals and herbs that get about two to three feet high. The ho- the hobo got a little big. Yeah, that might have. Um, and we had a, a lemon bean over there. Mm-hmm. It just um, died so it changed. You can make it easier if you just strictly go herbs. Yeah. Um, we went. When you we mix did the, the herb, fruit and the, the vegetables and the herbs, you and the flowers all and the things, mm-hmm. and there's not enough sunlight, mm-hmm. not enough daylight, not enough sunlight, not enough uh, space for everything to grow. Mm-hmm. So we try to make it a jungle, food jungle, food, food forest. forest. Mm-hmm. It's now more of a food forest, and but considering the amount of water, the amount of uh, like care that I mean the actual care of the plant mm-hmm. no pesticides no fertilizer no irrigation on some of those plants mm-hmm. it's like wow and it looks good year-round mm-hmm. now it may not be profitable but it looks good so we did uh, like I said lot, lots of changes but sometimes our eyes are bigger than our <laughs> Our eyes, eyes are, are bigger, bigger than, than the a, growing ground yeah. that we have. Growing so space, we try to yeah. cram a hundred varieties mm-hmm. in one little space, and that's where you get get greedy, you get whatever. But um, so start small, and maybe skip the fruit trees. Like said, fruit trees change. Or everything. if you do put them, put them on the ex, on the out perimeters, and not where the sun comes. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to be dealing. If you put it right in the middle, in ten because years we watched time, somebody they. They want to do a little bit of edible landscape. And funny, you know, they were all, like, inspired. And there, there was one time you kind of didn't want to say anything, but they planted a citrus tree in a one-foot space between a fence and yeah. a and driveway. A driveway. Yeah. And so you kind of just, like... I mean, it was cute because it was barely... It was cute it was and tiny little, 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 it was tall, you know, feet it was a, high. Well, it was slender. It was slender. And Dad just kind of was like, oh, you know, should I... Because you, something well, you could, because you could espalier. Yeah, but it wasn't. Espalier, apples, figs, and citrus. But, they, but it's it's a, if you talk about work, that's a lot. I of mean, it's like the car was just going to constantly hit that tree. Yeah. So I mean, it looked cute and small, and it had like a couple. Of, but you know, all I could see is like in ten years' time. All it's I could some, see in ten years' time was um, 
Yeah. The tree they, being they smashed by the car on the haunted basis. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the citrus has also sometimes thorns in it. Mm -hmm. um, citrus grows in a round circle. Yeah. So good luck putting in the square and hedge trimming it. Because yeah. that's, probably, that's probably not going to work for long term. We have a question that was posted <laughs> on the Instagram, right? On the Instagram, on the P Indian pink guavas. Why do you guavas, when do your guavas seem to ripen? I have one as well, but they never fully get soft enough to eat. What's your experience like? On Indian pink? Or yeah, just I mean, guavas? They, they said it, I mean, they posted it to the Indian pink picture. I don't know if they're talking about Indian pink because they, they get soft. Get they get really too soft. soft. Well, they're always soft. <laughs> And they're on the floor, then it's too soft. Well, so. no, but they're constantly soft. I well, mean, you know, sometimes I do if I can't, if I can't, if the ones on the floor are oh, too soft and mushed, mushed, what I do is I shake the tree a tad, and yeah. the ones that you fall. You don't want to shake the tree. That's going to be a tad. A yeah. tad. You have to wear a hard hat. Yeah. You'd have to wear a hard hat. <laughs> I mean, they might be talking about you, the pineapple guavas. Pineapple guavas are very hard to it's figure tough. out yeah. because we've had years where they they looked ready, then they dropped. Technically, pineapple guava is ready when they drop. But the problem is when they drop, they are brown inside. So we've had years where the pineapple guavas were wash. inedible. We juiced them, but inedible yeah. or unsellable. Because so you cut them open and they're mealy. brown. Brown and mealy. Brown, mealy, grainy. There was one time it was so hot, I think they actually cooked. Yeah, it was so hot. That's what we thought. That was our theory anyways, that they, they were they brown inside. inside. Now, Indian pink guavas take a little bit. Uh, our, it's they turn from green to a Soft. light green. Oh. <laughs> no, a dark green to a light green. Once they're light green, then you can pick them, and then you could store them in the fridge. They don't bruise, they don't drop, um, and it's a very it's a skill. Yeah, it's you almost can see like a gray green. It's, it's like not no like a sheen. Um, it's almost like the green is absorbed and it and it turns like a dull green. Yeah, light green or you have to. It's, it's, explain, it's experience, but, yeah. but you have even on the green ones in the back, mm -hmm. the white ones, the white guavas in the back, they're green, green, hard as a rock, hard as a rock, hard as a rock. Then they change. And then they change and then they drop, like within a day or two. So you have to get them between, they're hard as a rock, and between their light green, uh, translucent, mm -hmm. whatever. And if they drop, then they bruise, and then the bugs get them and stuff like that. So it's very, very hard to do that. It would drive Dad nuts. They'd go around the tree and pick it. And as soon as you touch the tree, they would fall. Then obviously you they're right, but they would so we would juice them or um, things like that. Make but jam make jam out of it. But you have to try to pick them before they hit the ground because then the bugs get them and then they bruise. So it's a very subtle change very subtle change if you walk around the tree you say they're all not right it's very it's very weird you go around and say all right and you just it change a slight tint a slight tint of green one color one shade to another and then they're ready and you can pick them and then ripen them on the counter like one day and then they're done so they're ready to go but yeah and it's loaded and send, like I said you're, when you do with edible landscaping fruit you're dealing with fruit drop the ones that if you do miss them then they're on the ground but guess what but um, ants flies you mush them in the in the sidewalk I mean in your yeah they space. do the fly the flies the fruit trees are me messy and then and the neighbors to, don't want to see the flies yeah. swarming in your yard yeah, so. yeah well, some of some of the trees we didn't do because of the leaf drop mm -hmm. because of the fruit drop um, we talked I think we talked about the uh, person that had persimmons. Oh, the other. 
the oh, yeah, the Hychea persimmon. Dad so, used to do lawn maintenance <laughs> for this guy. He had Hychea oh. persimmons. Nothing absolutely bothered this tree. But it just smashed. This gentleman loved his Hychea. But it was Eat right on our driveway, though, right? Near a driveway. It was scraping. It was in the. It was walking up to his front door. Okay, on the side. There's a little section of between that and the driveway. It was about a four by foot, four by four bed, mm-hmm. surrounded by Dreams. brick walkway. And he had this massive. It was pretty. High chia persimmon. Mm-hmm. Okay, every couple of year or two, the he we would be hired to cut it down prune it every year because the high chia is that really big. However, when the fruit is up there and it drops <laughs> thirty feet. <laughs> so when we would come to and work huge. Look at oh yeah, they're like the size of uh grapefruits. Golf balls? Mm-hmm. No, um, no softball. Softball. Yeah. Grapefruit mm-hmm. bigger size. than grapefruit. However dropping a high chia persimmon from twenty feet tall mm-hmm. on a sidewalk Black. And flies. Just all Mold, flies. flies, and then the leaf drop, and then it was just a. The guy loved them, and it was beautiful, and nothing bothered it. So we'd have to pick them on the, on the hard side, and then he'd ripen them on the windowsill. But when they're 20 feet up, and you can't pick them, uh, you'd flat uh, shovel it. Yeah, hose them off. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try Wash to step them. in it. It was splat. Yeah. So, so it was. It was. In theory, a good idea, but falling high chia mm-hmm. from 20 feet, yeah. not good. Yeah, so we had another comment on our Instagram is um, posted a picture of the brown cotton. I don't know where we got the seeds it was from. It's long time like ago, and then, seeds yeah, and then I, I've been like resurrecting it. Yeah, Jordy's been going through our, our seed seeds. Stash. Stash. Well, that was another front yard thing we had cotton. cotton. That's right. We had so a, cotton corner, cotton, yeah. a mm-hmm. cotton corner, a cotton corner, and the kids in the school. Loved it. And people walk by, and then the neighbors would say, "My grand, grandfather, yeah, and grandma pick would pick cotton," and and it was like it was a talking ed- education because yeah. you don't. Know, Where are you going to see cotton in, in California? California. <laughs> in, cotton in urban, So yeah, Justin found then Justin found this naturally colored cotton, yeah. which we grew for a long time. Then we kind of put it in bags and we stored it, and then I, I resurrected. It's a little weak because it's a. Uh, you know it's old, but I'm, I've been trying to like. Yeah. I took but all the seeds the, and now I'm going to plant We originally grew again. white cotton yeah. from this exotic seed company, and then we found green cotton, mm-hmm. and then we found brown okay. cotton, yeah. and it's already pre pre tinted, pre colored. Mm-hmm. I like I like growing it. Yeah. So could, yeah, one person asked, "Am I going to spin it um, into any clothes?" Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> First of all, it's only I'm a couple. How what size of clothes? <laughs> yeah, I know. A, a tiny little b- stream bikini. Uh, <laughs> String uh, dog clothes, but yeah, we don't well, have let's enough. Let's do a string it into a, a yeah. dental. But that was yeah. that was the education cotton thing. Or cotton but um, the uh, swabs. It was just to grow that was was. It's fun. It's beautiful, and it's a beautiful plant. Cotton is actually a very good. Plant. Yeah. Well, remember the time we oh. had okra all in the front yard? You know, yeah. you had a purple okra. Yeah, but the going back to cotton, the one issue with cotton is the amount of pesticides grown in it. Yeah. So we were able to teach. The kids were able to. I think we blogged about it. Yeah. You can grow cotton. You can you can without chemicals. Mm-hmm. And then we grew the colored cotton. And it was just not that we did anything could sell it or thing, but it was an education. We had a corner, a corner. We didn't yeah. take up much space. Maybe no. six to eight plants. Mm-hmm. 
and then it was like, and then in the fall when they would come out and they'd, they'd be drinking. Like the bowls, like, yeah. the bowls would burst. Yeah. And then with talk about the just cotton. Like, yeah, it looked and, like, yeah, it looked like cotton. Yeah. Eli, Eli. It was like snow, snow. Yeah. Yeah. I think. It's, so, it's beautiful plant. And people I, I like that. Kids had, you know, kids see, there's okay, kids see chicken for the first time. Kids to see cotton for the first time, they never And to see feel that. the rough. Yeah, yeah many tell them it's a cotton. You know, imagine picking this all day with seat. your with your fingers. You I mean, you gotta scrape everything. It's, how bloody the sharp. your fingers when would be. And then edge. trying to get the seed out of the cotton ball. Yeah. So just there was a it was just an education just to grow cotton. Not that we made too much with it because you or, don't have a whole lot. Yeah, but and grew a, the wheat too. That was an education too. So it's just the wheat. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we got we got a couple couple cups out of it, but yeah. <laughs> so probably yeah. a possum, a possum, and things like that. So yeah, so with this, you know, there's a lot to talk about on um, the podcast. So if people, you know, want to have uh, have questions, and we always like to take their questions and, and figure out. So we're going to try to do more uh, topic. I think specific. one topic that's been discussed is future plans. Future plans. And I think that's the one that we got to talk about the past. Yeah. Everybody's asking what we're doing now, what we're going to do. We talk about. I have not blogged enough, but I'm trying to keep the pictures. I think the pictures on Facebook. Um, I think Instagram. one of, and Instagram, one of the ones I did with the praying mantis because you called me out and looked. You said, "Look, they're all over." So I went around. There were just like, in one That's just, I barely walked about five feet, and there was like twelve. Yeah, twelve. It's the time mantis. of year where it's like, you get ex. Probably the most praying mantis we've seen in maybe five years, yeah. five or ten years. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. So it was very popular still, Facebook they're, post. They were shared over. You should put on the they blog. still take your yeah. breath away when you see them. I can blog about it. I was shared like over forty times, and just on the 40, one because thousand. Yeah. No, um, no, yeah, it was um, views, shared, views. but then viewed, it was like forty thousand views, shared over forty times. But so, that yeah. was one. It's a time of year with praying mantis. And they eat good bugs and bad bugs. However, they are very impressive to look at. They are They're intimidating. Fascinating. They're fascinating. Like I said, I get excited they when I see them. They have so. interesting, like, robotic. Like, creep factor where, like, you walk by and they like, tracking you with their head. <laughs> You're just like, whoa, dude. <laughs> you really actually sizing me up for your meal? <laughs> it's like, like, you can watch hold on, back up. You can, watch, you can watch your head turn. You yeah, they'll, they'll track you. You walk by and they're just like, and then you walk this way and they're like, it's like, whoa, that's just a little too creepy. But no, it's but awesome. You, it's awesome creepy. People, people that aren't used to it can't spot it. Yeah. And they'll walk right by it and then you're used to it and you'll spot them right away. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, yeah. it's a I love change of seasons and interesting time. And their eight cases are amazing. I mean, I remember one time I sat there with the video camera. I probably had the footage some of my design. And actually with the camera, I watched them hatch out the eight camera, like like a spawn, like a horrible spawn, just pouring out the case. They're, 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 that one picture of dad's really fingernail. Really big eyes. That one fingernail, the dad ones like that, yeah. that went around. That was one, and there was like a hundred yeah. of them spewing out of the egg case. It was. Yeah, you should post that one. Yeah, they're, they're just spewing, and they're little they, tiny thing with massive black eyes. Hundreds of thousands of photos, hours and hours, of thousands of hours of, of footage one day like, <laughs> we just need a whole like team of people just to post sort out the, the life and yeah. I came across um, Barry's uh, photograph stack which one? Brian Barry's photograph stack oh wow 
<laughs> well, they said even the backyard has changed. Yeah, had, the straw. And we had uh, apple oh. trees, and then we had the pecan tree. Oh, it should fix it. We had the pecan tree that changed the shade. Then we had the uh, Mexico avocado that sort of got exploded in the backyard. Um, it's sort of massive. Um, pomegranate, that one's massive. One's in the back, not doing so well, but then the citrus. Could be disease. Citrus. Um, the pot, then the white guavas, because of, uh, the pecan tree's gone, they exploded this year, and they're hitting the floor with fruit. So um, it's, it's, a, it's always a challenge. That's why people don't do this, and they do one crop. You don't do this. Well, they do one crop, <laughs> and they stick to one crop. We try to cram as much as possible. And Sometimes it's exotic. Stuff. Exotic, yeah. So it's start small. Like we have dragon get, fruit and it's big. Oh yeah, dragon fruit. Don't another, bite off or grow off more than you can chew, right? Or dragon fruit seems to be you guys have it. Don't, don't play it more than you can manage. <laughs> you guys seem to have an issue with dragon fruit. It just <laughs> it's taking up six inches of space. But okay? it hasn't given us anything. I think it, it gives us one or two fruit a year. Meat, However, that is a it is another one of those plants that are just exotic, funky, and grows in nowhere. So, um, and then we had the we used to have the cinnamon yam vine. Sort of a, it that was, was a cool time. one. Had so we did the passion, passion vine I still have the hops. I'm keeping the hops alive. And we did the hops I think it's just too hot there. I might yeah. move it to the front. Retreat, tamarillo trees every couple years. I love when the hops are Oh, and then the, the um, I like to get those, um, the red hibiscus back. Yeah. What was Gabriel that them, uh, I would love to get the Roselle? coconut millet back. Roselle. Yeah, and then, oh, yeah, we had, we would have, I remember one time, this was a long time ago, we had a hollyhock fence. They grew as tall as almost the half, almost like, they touched the wires. Almost the wires of the, of the do you see the, wires. Do you see the bags of hollyhocks I have in that, in all place? Yeah. In that basket, that's what I kept. Those are all the red ones from the red. Wow. Okay. The deep red. Yeah. I love Red and pink. So that's why I kept okay. them there in that bag. Okay. Cool. That's, full, that's full. So we're going to have a lot of planting to that do. That basket is your spring basket. Yes. That's why I kept everything in flowers. there. Flowers. I love flowers, flowers, flowers. Yeah. So you, have to deal, you have to deal with shade. You have to deal with um, roots, systems. You have to deal with um, things not growing. You have to deal with things growing. So, so um, lessons in, in um, landscaping, right? 25 years of edible <laughs> landscaping. The lessons in landscaping, we still haven't figured it out. Yeah. Well, some things work. Well, some things The thing about a garden still, is you're always figuring it out. Yeah. So, so um, wow. So we're already up. So out an hour. Um, thanks again for tuning in, um, especially from all the fans um, listening in from all over the world. Yeah, so now we have, what, 50,000, 60,000 downloads? Mm, at least at least that. And yeah, so um, we appreciate everybody. So we appreciate everyone's support and, uh, and new patrons and, and new sponsors. Hope to grow with the website and do more. Just we're getting there. Okay, slowly Stay but tuned for <laughs> till next time. Right, yep. keep on growing and uh, hopefully you learned from lessons what to do and what not to do. But like I said, every person's yard is different, so you just have to kind of grow. Keep your mind oh, open and yeah, grow along with your yard as you you know as you grow things. So, all right. So till next time. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. 
Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, oh, oh. help the garden grow. Singing, oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. The Urban Homestead theme song was written and recorded by Tom Fair. Thanks, Tom. We've come to the end of this show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in again. Until next time, this is Annie, Justin, Jordan. Keep on growing. Remember to follow us on our website, urbanhomestead.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We love to hear your feedback. And if you'd like to become a podcast patron, go to urbanhomestead.org forward slash podcast.